God, today we thank you because you are Lord. God, you're Lord of everything, everything that we know, everything that we is unknown to us, God, you're Lord of everything. I thank you for that power. I thank you for that strength. And I pray today we're humbled in light of that. That, God, we would fear you, that we would grow more in love with you, that, God, we would come to you with respect and we'd come to you in honor and joy. God, you're all powerful and you chose to show that love and that power to us. Thank you so much, God, for who you are and everything that you've done. And it's your name we pray. Amen. All right, church, I am, I'm going to steal this music stand again. I'm not going to break your guitar, Jeremy. I love having the cello up here, but I'm really scared that we're going to hurt it somehow, scratch it or something. Hey, church, we're, we're going to start a, a little casual today, obviously. Um, if you need to grab a Bible, grab a Bible. Kip, my goodness, good to see you, buddy. Kip's been away in Montana and having a good old time, and welcome back with your family. I didn't get to give you a big old hug. <laughs> Leslie is smiling from ear to ear. Good for you. If you need a Bible, grab a Bible. They're over here on the, on the lamp. There's some behind you as well. Um, we are starting in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 24. We're covering 12 verses today. We are flying through chapter 14, and it's an awesome, awesome book to be going through. Um, but I, I want to go ahead and start with something right away, um, and, and the two people uh, that I'm addressing are not in here. One of them is upstairs uh, hanging out with our, our kids, and April is, is back there. And so, April, this is addressed to you, but this is more addressed to our church at large. Um, if, if you were here last week, uh, you went through a wonderful gathering, and that was awesome. Uh, and then we, went, then we went ahead and had our start lunch. Uh, raise your hand if you were at our start lunch. Okay, good amount of people, so that's, that's good. Uh, I, I think last week I spoke maybe 10,000 words. <laughs> last Sunday, but there's a few that I wish I could take back. Um, this is, this is an, an official apology to April and to Peter. Um, I, I made an off, off joke during our start class about kids being loud, and I, and I was just joking with, with Peter in front of everybody, um, but it was inappropriate, and it was embarrassing for April, and it was embarrassing for Peter, and so I want to apologize to you for the church uh, that, I, that I did that. I did not intend to embarrass anyone or come across in a, in a negative way or to embarrass April and Peter in any way. And, and you know what? I, I, I love them because Sunday night, I got a text from Peter and it said, hey, can you have coffee? I'm like, sure, let's have coffee. And by Monday morning, I was having coffee with Peter and April had written out a, a paper of what she was feeling. And um, we went through that. And, and I got to tell you, I was convicted from the very beginning about the, the, the little joking. It's funny how, how um, Satan can take something even as a joke and really twist it. Um, I'm so proud of Peter and April for the way that they addressed me. Um, we talked about it in the start class saying, hey, people are going to wrong you in this church. I'm going to wrong you in this church. And this is a great opportunity for Satan just to drive a wedge. This would be a great opportunity for Peter and April to say peace out to church project because we're embarrassed and we're not going back. Uh, but they handled it appropriately. They did it exactly the way that, that you're supposed to. And um, I apologize to you guys in, in public and in church. I apologize to you uh, for any just moments where you were like, oh, okay, that was a bad joke, Aaron. Don't, don't do that. And so... Um, we, we love you guys. We love your kids. We love kids in this place. And this is part of church. We're going to be growing together. We're going to be learning together. And so hopefully in this, 
uh, you, can, you can learn from my mistake. You can watch your, your, your lips, even if you think it's a joke. The Bible talks about jokes. Sometimes they can go too far, can't they? And so there you go. We'll, we'll start out. Guys, I hope you uh, accept my apology. Yes. Um, where's my water? Okay. With that being said, <laughs> let's get started today. This is an incredible, incredible passage. If you uh, read ahead, I hope you read ahead. If not, hopefully this afternoon you're picking up this passage and you're reading through it because this passage is speaking beautiful language to you. You personally. It's speaking beautiful language to you. It's Jesus opening his heart and saying how much he loves you. Um, regardless of who you are, what you've done or what you haven't do, what you think, what you don't think, how you feel, what you don't feel, regardless of all that, Jesus is opening his heart and he's revealing himself to you. And so this message isn't for anyone else in this room today except for me and for you as you hear this, this passage. And so I want to read through it and then we'll begin to go through it and, and kind of pick some things apart. So Luke chapter 14 verse 12 is where we're going to start reading. I'm reading out of the NIV. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Verse 16. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the towns, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Verse 22. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Man, this passage is so good. Um, what, what's, God in, what, what, what's God's intention here as, he, as, as we have this scripture in front of us? Um, his, his word, the scripture, it's a, it's a revelation, it's, it's truth. It's, it's not just information. As we pick up the Bible and we begin to study it, we, we ask God, God, show me your truth. Give me your revelation. It's not just information that can be sent over an email. Like there's so much that happens in scripture. Uh, I've spent hours with this particular text this week. Uh, kind of the way that, that my, my process of writing a message happens is today I'll go home 
after giving this message, and I'll take about a two-hour nap because that's what I do. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. Um, go home, and then, uh, then this evening, I'll, I'll pick up this passage or for next week. I'll pick up the passage and, and begin reading it. I'll read through it maybe two or three times, and I'll, I'll let God just, just say, I'll ask God, God, please let me soak in this. Like, teach me, show me some cool stuff in this. So tonight, I'll begin doing that, and I'll read it pretty much daily. I'll read this passage. On Tuesdays, I'll meet with my grandpa, and he will have already gone ahead and studied this passage, and, and he'll have his notes, and they're getting pretty elaborate notes. They're, they're getting pretty full. It's like, this, my grandpa um, is a retired pastor. I don't know if you can be a retired pastor, a church planner, and so um, he has an audience of one on Tuesdays, and he gives me, he gives it all to me, and a lot of what he says comes, comes to us on Sunday mornings, and so I sit with him over an hour, and we go through this. Um, I continue to pray over it. About Friday night, I'm making some pretty drastic, like, notes, like, here it is on Saturday. I'm finalizing everything. I'm praying over it. I've probably sat with this passage, and this is normal. I, I probably will have sat with this passage, I don't know, 10 hours this week over prayer and looking at it. Um, Saturday nights, I finalize everything. Sunday mornings, I wake up early and just say, okay, God, show me something cool. And I'm usually awake at 4 or 4.30 on Sunday mornings. I'm just excited. I'm, I'm ready to, to get into this thing. Why? Because this is Jesus' word. I get the joy of spending 10 hours in it. I get the joy of letting God kind of wash my heart and wash my mind through this. See, when, when you're communicating, one of the things that, that every communicator will say or salesperson will say is you've got to believe in what you're selling. You've got to believe in the message. Is that correct? Uh, it would be inappropriate for me to get up here and just, just give facts and just give logic. I, I believe that God is working in my heart and in my mind, and, and I'm hoping and praying that he's working in your heart and he's working in your mind through these, these passages. Now, one thing I want to point out before we really get into this is, who's Jesus spending time with right now? Any thoughts? Any answers? Anyone want to be bold enough? Who's Jesus spending time with right now? Pharisees. That's important. Like, Jesus is spending time with people that he knows they're going to ultimately be the ones that kill him. This is, this is his last moments on earth. This is precious time. Like Jesus is walking to Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified on the cross. These are his last living moments on earth. And who's he spending time with? His enemies, maybe? Or the people that are confused? The people that aren't quite getting this love message? The people that are just, he's spending time with the people that are going to turn his back on him and kill him. That should speak volumes to us. Do we move about our days, do we move about our weeks intentional? Or even as this passage we'll begin to look at, are we just trying to be comfort, comforted, stay in our comfort zones all the time? You know, stay in our Christian bubbles, go to our Christian places, listen to our Christian music, eat our Christian food. What is Christian food? Chick-fil-A, but they're closed on Sundays, so <laughs> we, we have to fast on Sundays. But let, let, let's, begin, let's, let's begin just to kind of look at this in, in verse 12. Then Jesus said to the host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you'll be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the alcoholics, the people that are down and out, the homeless people, I added that last part, and you will be blessed, although they cannot repay you. 
you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteousness. When one of those at the table asked him and heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. How, how long has it been since you did something for someone and you did not expect any payback, anything in return? Don't answer out loud. Like, how long has it been since you did something? It was just a pure, a pure action or a pure thought or a pure invite. And, and, and it wasn't jostling for position or it wasn't trying to impress someone or it wasn't trying to even build a relationship. When was the last time you did something simply because you knew that it was the right thing to do? When was the last time you, you had a, even in this place, you had a barbecue and invited people that needed it? <laughs> invited the, the hungry people, invited the people all around you. When was the last time you did that? I had an opportunity this week. Um, there was a lady in front of me, and she was disabled. Um, I don't know what exactly her, her disablement was, um, but she was trying to count out money at, at Walgreens to buy a, a, a thing of Kleenex. Her nose was running, but she didn't have enough money. And so the, the cashier said, you don't have enough money. Maybe she goes in there a lot. I, I don't really know. She said, you need to go. Took the Kleenex and kind of threw them on the floor. And the lady just kind of walked, you know, down aisle number two. I don't know what she was doing. And I just knew at that moment, it's a stupid box of Kleenex, right? How much is this going to cost? A buck fifty at Tops, unless it had the aloe vera stuff, like two, $2, right? And so, so I, I was like, hey, excuse me. I, I want to, can you add this to my, my bill? And and just give it to her, and, and I tried to run out real quick before she even knew who I was. But when, when, do, when was the last time we did something just to show love to people, period? That's it. Even if our name wasn't known. Now, hopefully our name isn't known, right? The love of Jesus is what we're here for, to show people love, to do things that just shocks people. I don't know if that box of Kleenex blessed her, but I truly hope it does. And maybe one day again, I'll be able to run into her again and, and just say, Jesus loves you or something. You know, I, I, I don't have a clue, but here, here Jesus is talking and, and he's setting up this scenario. And Jesus is spending time with people who were about to crucify him. And at this table in this parable, the way that they would eat is they would have a U-shaped table. Kind of cool, like fondue-ish maybe, you know. They had couches or pillows that they would kind of recline on. They didn't have chairs, and the, the guests would sit at the head of the U-shape, and in the middle were all the servants. They would go and you know, give you all the food and all this, and people are jostling. If you look back in the passage before, people are jostling for position to be next to Jesus or be next to the head of the table, and, and so he's saying some very practical things here, that's for sure, but as we look at a parable, we, a parable is so much deeper than, than what is just before us. See, the parable that Jesus is getting into is he's, he's saying he's standing before God and he's saying Jesus has already paid the price for us. He's already paid that price for us. And then he's asking us to go and bless other people. You see, at this table, no one deserves to be at this table. I mean, if we're looking at it the way that we should look at it, no one deserves to be sitting at the table with Jesus because Jesus is perfect. He's God's only son. And we, if we've done anything wrong in our life, we have sin in our life. And because we have that sin, none of us deserve to go in and sit at that U-shaped table with the fondues and all that. None of us deserve to be there. But yet Jesus is smiling. He's saying, I've already paid that price. I love you so much. It's not anything that you've done or haven't done. I've invited you into this banquet. We get here and so... 
Anyways, let's, let's move down. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going here. I think what is incredible, if you look in, in verse 14 and 15, is this really gets me personally. Jesus is talking about a, a bigger picture of our life. And he's saying, Aaron, one day you're going to be standing at the, at the judgment seat of God. And, and who knows how long it's going to be. I won't be presenting your life to God and everything that he's done. And in my case, I'm looking at it going, okay, I deserve hell. I, I deserve separation from God. But yet Jesus comes in and he says, I'm going to cover up all your sin, everything that you've done wrong, anything imperfect in you, I'm covering that up. And it's by my blood that Jesus has paid on the cross that I can stand before God. And he presents me to God as worthy and holy. And, and that's the only reason I can sit at this table. That's the only reason I'm there is because Jesus has already done this, but yet look at this in verse 14. He says, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteousness. I think it's incredible to think already my sins are forgiven and I'm asked to sit at this table. And yet Jesus is saying, if I'm doing this to other people and I'm loving people and I'm loving the cripple and I'm inviting uh, the people that are far from God, I'm telling them about that. Not only am I going to enter into heaven because of the blood of Jesus, but I'm going to what? I'm going to be repaid at the resurrection. Like Jesus is going to bless me beyond even entering into heaven for the actions that have happened here on earth. That's crazy to me. Because if at the core, we understand that we don't deserve to be with God, and he's already paid everything for us, how is it that right here, we can be repaid at the resurrection, and he looks us in the eyes and says, good done, or good job, faithful servant. You, you've loved people. You've helped those that, that need help. You fed those that are hungry. You've homed and, and given people homes that are homeless. Like we're sitting here and God is saying, here's the table, welcome, and now go welcome other people to this table. Okay. As we go down into verse 16, it just, just this, whole, this whole thing, it's custom at this time to get an invite to a banquet at least twice because these are big deals. So people have already confirmed, like, I'm going to this party for sure. Like, I've already been invited. They've, they've already got the second invite. And Jesus is saying, I've chosen you, and so I'm inviting you, which is an incredible, things, an incredible thing to be invited. Think about this. Think about you right now. Or just in your mind, create this story, whatever it looks like in your mind. But uh, create yourself, and you have sores all over your body. Oh, yeah, and you can't walk. And oh, yeah, you haven't eaten for like a week, maybe a piece of bread, and you really stink, and you're just laying on the ground. But yet, off in the, off in the distance in your mind, however you want to focus it, is an incredible palace, is an incredible, like, that's, that's the wealthy man. Like, he owns all the Walmarts or whatever. I mean, that, that's where, look at that. And you've heard rumors about what that place looks like. You've heard what happens at, at the party at that place. You're like, man, I had a friend who had a cousin who had a sister that got an invite to that wealthy man's house once, and I heard it was incredible. Like, it was awesome. And you're sitting there in your filth, in your stench, and all you can do is imagine what's going on there. What would it feel like if at this point someone came running up to you Obviously, they're, they're from that place because even the servants are dressed so nice. Like, they're looking beautiful. 
they come running up to you and they, they take your hand as you're laying there and they're like, sir, ma'am, the master wants you to come to a party. And you're like, ah, funny. No, really, the master wants you to come to the party at that place, that place that you've been dreaming about. He wants you to come and, and be the honored guest at this place. And you're, you're half shocked. You're like, what's the joke? Like, what's the catch? And Jesus is giving us this parable right here. And he's saying, I first, I invited the, the Jews, my chosen people. I invited them. And some of them actually accepted the invitation. Some of them did not. I've opened it up to everyone. Now, now this invitation to my party is for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. It's for the slaves. It's for the free people. It's for everybody. And it's for people like me that are down in the dirt with the sores looking at that place going, wow, I wonder what's going on there. And Jesus runs up and says, I'm going to take you there. Not only that, I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to carry you to that place. And I'm going to sit you at that U-shaped table right next to me. I'm going to feed you that best food. You're going to be in my presence. I don't know what this means to you. I told you this was going to be a pretty, pretty cool passage. Because in this parable, Jesus says, I've invited people and they're not coming. The servant says, what shall I do? Jesus says, go to the alleys, go to the cities, go to the byways, highways, the roads, go anywhere and everywhere and compel people, urge people to come to my banquet. I'm, I'm the man that's been invited to a banquet that I don't deserve. I'm the man that does not deserve to be sitting at the table of Jesus. And he's given everything and he's invited me. He's come and he's picked me up, even though I have wounds and scars, even though I'm contagious and I'm dirty and I'm filthy. He picks me up and he carries me to the banquet. Carries me to sit with him. Christians, should I clap twice? I'm just Christians, don't ever lose this message of what Jesus has done for you. Picture this image in your mind. Read through this. This message is for us. We were the ones that were invited into this place. We were the ones that Jesus has given everything for. But yet, we can wake up tomorrow and feel like we're entitled and we earn this and we deserve this. And we lose track and we quickly forget the life-changing message that's in this for us. Don't ever lose track of what Jesus has done for you individually. Let it drive you to love others just as much as he's loved you. A box of Kleenex is nothing, but it's a good start, isn't it? Let's go to verse um, 18. We're skipping through a bunch here, and, that, and that's okay. I, my, my prayer is that you'll kind of pick up some stuff in this, but let's go to verse 18. Um, But they all alike began to make excuses. Does that sound like you and I? The first said, I, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. How many of you would buy something without ever seeing it? That's kind of weird. Maybe that was a custom then. I don't know. Now, verse 19, another said, I have just bought five yokes of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Again, do you ever test drive your cars? Like, I mean, come on. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Well, I, okay, 
I think if anyone can get a, a pass, it's this guy. He's like, you go to your honeymoon? Oh, you're good. Like, <laughs> go. <laughs> Enough said. I'm joking. But anyways, um, we, it, it's possible to continue putting Jesus off. And we see here in this, in this parable, in this passage right here, that Jesus' anger comes out. He's like, okay, I'm going to invite you. Very good. You've accepted twice. Like, you've accepted my invitation. That was the custom of the time. Like, it was, it was a big deal to go to these parties. So you've already accepted it. Now I'm coming and I'm telling you it's time. And you're doing what? You're, you're doing what? You have excuses? You've already said that you're coming. And you have excuses? And, and Jesus at this point goes, all right, well, forget it. Open to everybody. Like, here it is. It's possible. We see Jesus here getting angry in this next section. It's possible to continue to put Jesus off, and you will anger Jesus. Here it is. If we spend our life right now, if you're married, if you spend your time putting work in front of your spouse, is that going to ruin your relationship? If, if you are in, in any relationship you have, if you're continually coming up with excuses, why not to spend time with that person? Um, it's going to ruin that relationship, isn't it? And here, it's the same thing with Jesus. We see that the, these people are coming up with excuses. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. And, and it's terrible to see what's happening right here. We, we all come up with excuses in our life. God, I would spend time with you, except I've got to pay my bills, my finances get in the way, my job, my family, my hobbies, my whatever it may be. God, I know you're asking me to go and do this mission or start this ministry or, or go plant a church or, go, or whatever it may be to be the best mom ever or whatever it may be, but we come up with these excuses. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too stressed out. My schedule's too full. Whatever it may be, we create these excuses. I, uh, I've had an incredible, like, last three weeks. This is just a time of my life, uh, our family. Uh, my girls are, how old are you, 15, F- 15 and 13? Um, I've had a blast the last three weeks, and it's the time where my, my daughter just graduated from eighth grade, and I, I don't really get nervous speaking, really, um, but I spoke at her, her graduation on Wednesday, and I was about to throw up before I'm like, I couldn't even breathe. I was so nervous. But, but I went and I watched my daughter graduate, and, and, I, and I got to be a part of that, and it was beautiful. I also took my daughter, and, and she got her driving permit. Zoe did. And uh, previous to that, Audra, my youngest, at a 13th birthday party. Like, and we had Mother's Day in the middle of it, and now it's Memorial, Memorial Day weekend. I was like, is this the right weekend? Um, <laughs> It's, it's a great time. Yesterday, my wife and my youngest daughter are down in Texas, and they're visiting their family, and, and Zoe's about to go on a school trip to Washington, D.C., and it's going to be awesome, and I'm going mountain biking. Yesterday, Zoe and I were downtown in Denver having a little date. Yes, she was driving in Denver. It was awesome. I mean, she was driving really slow down I-75. I mean, she did, she did wonderful, um, but one of the things that we did is, is we went to antique store. Zoe loves to go to antique store. And any of you ever collect Nancy Drew books? Anyone? That, Zoe, that's your deal, huh? That's you. Stay strong. Well, Zoe loves to collect, <laughs> she loves to collect Nancy Drew books. And, and we went into this antique store, and my first thought was, oh, no. <laughs> that's the nice version. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to take forever. But at least at this point in life, I've learned that a coffee in my hand does a lot for me. And so before we walked into the antique store, I'm like, 
we're going to do, we're going to spend double the amount of time in there if I have a cup of coffee. So Zoe stopped and got me a Starbucks and we walked in and, and my first thought was, oh no, where's the wheelchair? Like this is going to be forever. And I know what we're looking for. We're looking for Nancy Drew books. And, and so we, I don't know how long we spent, probably two hours in there, but I just slowly, I was in the background walking behind Zoe, had my Starbucks cup and I was just sipping on it, and I'm looking at all this stuff, and we're looking at Nancy Drew books, and we found number 54, didn't we? We found number 54, so we're getting closer to having our full collection. But I'm looking through all this stuff, and we get to this one little nook. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not into antiques a whole lot, so I, I see a lot of it, and I'm like, what's this junk? Like, what is all this stuff? But we walked into this, this one little nook, and there's a Mickey Mouse phone sitting there, and, and, and I'm like... I used to have that phone, that exact phone. I used to have that phone, and they're selling it for $45. I'm thinking, Zoe, you know what this phone is? You know how to use it? It's a cord, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> but as I'm going through there, I just I keep thinking, you know, th- these, these, are, these are treasures to people. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff in here. Some of it going for, there's a table for uh, Roosevelt, yeah, President Roosevelt, you know, a table where they were selling for $30,000. It was his poker table. I'm like, who would buy that? It looks like a piece of junk, but what do I know? Yeah, but I'm going there and I'm thinking, I'm getting real nostalgic. I'm thinking of my past. I'm thinking of people and how much uh, this stuff they've collected, you know, and, and it's just now getting sold for whatever to whoever. And I'm thinking this stuff is just, it's just stuff. I wasn't there for the stuff though. I mean, I was, I was there for Zoe. And I was there for the relationship. And I was there for spending time with her. As she's growing, as my family's growing, I don't want to create excuses. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm too tired to go antiquing. Well, I don't want to create ex- excuses. Like, I want to spend time with her because I love her. But yet, we do that for God. Sorry, God, um, I'm too busy. When we see Jesus, he gets angry. His heart, God's heart, is that his house would be full. Not just selected guests. He's opened it to everyone, Jews and Gentiles, all of us. His heart is that his house would be full. He's crying out. He's doing everything he can to fill his heart. And here I am, I'm in the dirt looking at the palace far away, and Jesus comes and and picks me up and says, you're coming to the banquet with me. I'm so excited. And it's like Jesus has got to pinch us, doesn't he? Like, this isn't a joke. He's pinching us. It's, it's not a dream. He's pinching us. He's saying, I've done everything for you, and I want to invite you. That is so beautiful. But yet, people create excuses. I don't need Jesus. I'm too busy. Our role as, as uh, Christ followers, as Christians, is to one, never forget that. Never forget that. What Jesus has done for us. Never let that bypass us. Always enter every day with a thankful heart. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. And out of that, turn to our neighbors and show that same love to them. See, he's invited us to this banquet. We're sitting there. We don't deserve it, but it's an honor. And he's saying, now hold your own banquets. That It's pretty cool when you think of it that way, isn't it? Hold your own banquets. And don't just invite the select few. 
But you, us, Christians, let's go out into the world and let's help people that need help. Let's show them, let's tell them this love message that's saving. <laughs> I want to end with, with this verse, 1 Timothy 1, verses 15 through 16. 1 Timothy 1, 15 through 16, is Paul speaking, and he's saying, here's a statement worthy of trust. Jesus, um, the anointed, the liberating king, came into this world to save sinners, and I am the worst of all of them. But it is for this reason I was given mercy, by displaying his perfect patience in me, the very worst of all sinners. Jesus, the anointed, could show that patience to all who would believe in him and gain eternal life. God loves you, he always has, and he always will. Don't let this message bypass your heart, first and foremost. Be thankful for everything that God has done for us, because he's done it for all, all humans. None are deserving, but it's because of his love. We can enter into that banquet with him. His heart is that his house would be full He's calling out to the highways, to the byways, to the world at large, saying, I love the world. Come on. And he's asking us to do the same, church. He's asking us to do the same, to show that love everywhere that we go this week and beyond. What does this message do um, to you as you think about this parable, as you think about this teaching? I'm gonna ask right now that we would just reflect on this time together that you would ask God to show you something really personal today. I'm gonna ask you to just close your eyes and just meditate on this. Church, what, what have we put before him? Have we put temporal things before him? Job, work, money, family, hobbies, worries, comforts? Have we created excuses just saying, Jesus, I I just don't have time for you? If that's you, would you just ask God right now to forgive you of, of that mindset, of that lifestyle, of that attitude? Begin to remake you and reshape you? Jesus, as your church, we sit before you this morning. I pray that your spirit is working in each of our hearts and each of our minds. God, if there's anything that we've set before you, would you please bring that to our mind? and Let us just give that back to you. And Would you forgive us of that, God? God, we don't want to focus on the temporal things of the earth, but we want to focus on the eternal things your love, your relationship with us. May that overcome all the things of the world and may that drive us. For some of us, we're sitting here and 
section where the, the owner of the house, the master said, go compel him to come in, urge him to come in, pinch him, wake him up, drag him, carry him in. Really kind of got to us. Because maybe we're not doing that. We've even got to the point where it's hard to say, God bless you. Because we don't want to be politically incorrect. God, may we know why we're here on earth. May we compel people, urge people, tell people of your love, show them your love through our words, through our actions. Jesus, would you please forgive us for not representing you well? God, would you please forgive me? May I invite others to join you in the feast that you've already set out before us. For some of us in this room, this may be the first time we've, we've heard or it's been articulated to us how much Jesus has done for us. Yeah, God gave his only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for us, to be the final sacrifice for all of our sins so that he could present us to his father pure and we would be invited into that banquet. Have you ever called on his name and given your life to Jesus? This would be a great place to start today. Just hold out your hands and just say, God, here here I am. Please forgive me of my sin and my wrongdoing. And please forgive me for living life on my own. God, I give you my life today. Please let me walk in that love. Please help me show that love to others. God, as your church, we sit here this morning, our hearts racing, your spirit teaching us and showing us, ministering to us in this moment. God, we give you our lives. We align our minds, our hearts, our everything with you. We ask for your forgiveness, and we also ask for your your energy. We also ask for, God, you to compel us, to give us that moment where we realize that, God, we need you desperately in every aspect of our life. I pray this week, our driving factor in everything that we do and say is a thankful heart and realization of what you've done. Church, I'm going to ask if you would right now, if we would all stand and just out of this, this mindset and this heart posture, um, a heart of thankfulness that we would worship God through our words, through our actions. Some of us, we may need prayer. I'll be in the back if anyone would like to pray. Brittany is up here in the front if anyone would like to pray with her. We can worship God through our tithes and our offerings. We give joyfully and sacrificially and obediently. Some of us, it's just lifting our hands and saying, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me personally, for loving me. See, this is the gospel message. And isn't it beautiful?